all day, all day. All day, all day. How long you spot? All day, all day. How much time you spent at the mall? All day, all day. How many runners do you got on call? All day, all day. Swish, swish. How long they keep you in call? All day, all day. Yo, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Mod. And you already know what time it is. It's that time of the year. College football has started. I don't have a round of applause button, but if I did, I would play it right now because I am excited. I am filled with joy. I am just elated. All of these happy words I am right now because week zero just happened. And Florida beat Miami. I kind of wish Miami beat them, but Florida did beat Miami. It was uh, the main matchup of week zero which is a new thing in college football for some odd reason. Uh, it's good for the sport, but then again, eh. Anyway, uh, Florida, again, they beat Miami 24-0. Florida's ranked eighth, and Miami is unranked. So that yeah, gives you a good picture of how Florida is or how good Miami is. It's hard to say. Uh, tail of the tape, when I watched the game, I saw a lot of things that I did and didn't like. Uh, for one, Florida's Felipe Franks. Uh, he was touted to be like one of the top SEC quarterbacks after last year's end of the year performance where he went 4-0 and and beat Michigan in the bowl game. So, you know, coming into this season, he had a little bit of hype going for him. Supposed to be one of the best SEC quarterbacks, if not one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Uh, and he did not show show that in this game uh he had two touchdowns two interceptions um he went if it'll let me pull it up he went 17 for 27 254 yards like i said two touchdowns two interceptions i saw those two interceptions they were on him and it was good miami defense but it was mainly on him being the quarterback and the way that he delivered the ball if you're supposed to be one of the top quarterbacks in the nation, you can't play that way every week. You can't play that way play that way even like two or three weeks out of this season. You have to play consistent. I.e. Jake Fromm. I.e. Trevor Lawrence. You know, top quarterbacks in the nation. That's why there's a little bit of tangent here. That's why when people say Justin Herbert of all quarterbacks is one of the top quarterbacks. Yeah, sure. He's very athletic. He has a strong arm. He plays in a prolific offense. But is he consistent every week? No, he's not. (laughs) So that's what I like. I prefer consistency versus a guy who's super athletic and super, you know, tall and stuff like that. Give me a Jake Fromm any day of the uh, week. I'll be perfectly fine. Give me a Justin Herbert. We're going to have some problems. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, like I said, tell it the tape. Felipe Franks wasn't good. The Miami O-line. Oh, my gosh. This is a two-parter. So, the Miami O-line is really bad. Specifically, number 60, the left tackle. Okay? But that Florida defensive line is pretty darn good. 
like, they got, I think, either 9 or 10 sacks in that game. Most of them off of 60. Anyway. <laughs> but still, for the for them to get 9 or 10 sacks isn't, like, a, a thing to be, like, just afraid on. You know, that is that's tough to get nine to ten seconds in the game even though it's off of one guy mainly you have to consistently get off get to the quarterback get off get to the quarterback all game basically that's hard to do even for as bad as an offensive line Miami has that's that's just amazing uh but talk about Miami teletape uh Jaron Williams to me if he had a good offensive line, he would have probably won that game for Miami. He was making some pretty throws, some smart throws, efficient throws throughout that whole game. But like I said, being that the Miami offensive line isn't where it should be or rather what it not even could be. I don't know what it could be because they are young. Uh, I believe number 60 left tackle who gave up most of the sacks. He's a freshman. So, yeah, that gives you a good picture of how that year is going to go for that offensive line if they don't get it together. So, um, yeah, other than that, Jaron Williams looked fine. He didn't look super spectacular, but he did his job most of the game. Sometimes, though, he was, like, sitting in the quarterback. Not in the quarterback. He was sitting in the pocket too long trying to make throws. A lot of those, not a lot, a good amount of those could have been intercepted from what I saw. But he just got lucky. So I think the more experience he gains, the more he'll learn, hey, let me chuck this out of bounds. You know, let me let me throw this away. Let me not take the uh, sack and eat the yards. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not a real mobile quarterback. He's more of a pocket passer, something that Miami isn't accustomed to for the past few years. So it's going to be more of a change. So I think the more experience, like I said, he gets – the more he'll be accustomed to throwing the ball away rather than taking a sack or possibly getting intercepted off of him not getting out of the pocket. Uh, Dallas, their running back, he did pretty good for the most part. Um, he got a big uh, big run for a touchdown uh, that pretty much, you know, because at that point in the game, it looked like Florida was going to run off with it, I think, or – Anyway, <laughs> this is how you know I didn't watch that game, like, for detail, for real. It was just like, hey, this is the best game on the night. Let me watch it. College football's back. But, um, yeah, he broke off a big run. Um, <clears throat> I do want to say this, though. Both of these defenses are really good. Like, Miami's defense is definitely not a slouch. They got two takeaways from interception, and then they got uh, – they also got a fumble recovery. So they did really good on the defensive side of the ball. Florida as well. Like I said, they got nine or ten sacks. They didn't get an interception, but it was chances for them to get some because those corners are really good. Um so it was just it was a it was more of a defensive battle. Which is enjoyable to an extent. You know? I much prefer, if people don't know, the Georgia-Oklahoma game, the Rose Bowl, where it was just score, 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 score. I much prefer that versus a defensive battle in college football because this isn't the NFL. 
college football defenses aren't as complex and aren't as, you know, it isn't, no, just no. Like, for instance, the past Super Bowl, that was boring. I did not enjoy that. I don't think anyone enjoyed that, not even Patriots fans. So that just goes to show defense is good. Only if your team is trying to stop the other team from scoring and it's like the last possession, like the game-winning possession, that's when defense is really good. But other than that, yeah, I'd rather see the <clears throat> I'd rather see the offense score. But anyway, um, so what we got to look forward to in this week for college football, Clemson, Georgia Tech is coming on Thursday. On the ACC Network, the new ACC Network, uh, Clemson's favored by 36 points. Wow. Wow, Hollywood is cooking right now. Uh, it's on 8 p.m. It's on at 8 p.m. Uh, I got Clemson, but I think Georgia Tech is going to really show something in this game, which is kind of not good for us Georgia fans. Just saying. But I think Georgia Tech is going to show this new uh, offense that their new coach has brought because I, I believe that he said they're getting rid of the uh, traditional Georgia Tech. Uh, what do they call that crap? The option, yeah. They're getting rid of the option, and I think they're bringing in, bringing in either a spread offense or an air raid offense. So that's going to be scary. Um, but I still got Clemson winning by at least three touchdowns. Maybe two. Probably three, though. Uh, we have Utah BYU. That's not as big of a game, but it is a big game because of this sentiment. A lot of people, Lee Corson talking to you, are picking Utah to be in the playoff. And not only to be in the playoff, but go to the national championship. I don't see where the hype is coming from personally. Uh, it's a number of reasons why. One of them being that I'm on the East Coast, specifically in SEC country. So, Pac-12 games come on at 12 at night. I got school in the morning. I don't feel like staying up to watch a Pac-12 team, personally. So, uh, no. Two, I I just didn't see enough from them last year, even from what I saw, like, through bot scores, to say, hey, this team coming next year is going to be something to reckon with. Like, no. I, I just don't see it. So, Upset alert. I think BYU could beat Utah because it's a rivalry game. It It's just going to be some type of – it's a different feeling. It comes on on Thursday at 10-15. See what I'm saying? It's all these West Coast games that come on late, and it's like, why would I want to watch that? I'm straight on that. <laughs> anyway, um, then we have Wisconsin-USF. Yeah. Wisconsin should win that. Then, Saturday games, we got Saturday, um, wow, Saturday games, we got Georgia Vanderbilt, uh, Georgia is going to destroy Vanderbilt, they got us favored by 21 and a half, that's, that's, that's realistic, I like that, it's a night game too, so that gives you a good picture of how this is going to go, uh, Ohio State FAU, again, Josh, I hope you're, I hope you're going to listen, because this is, this is for you, man. 
Ohio State is favored by 27 and a half. Who knows how this game could go? FAU could come out swinging and score a touchdown, two touchdowns even, and get Ohio State on the fences. Because we have to remember, Ohio State is going through a major change. They just lost to Wayne Haskins, a veteran quarterback, and replaced him with Justin Fields, a quarterback who didn't start a game last year. Then you have a new head coach with Ryan Day, and who knows how that's going to go. Even though he is Urban Meyer's protege, it's hard to say with these offensive-minded quarter or offensive coordinators becoming head coaches, even in college football. It's a big trend in both the NFL and college football, but unless you're like a genius, which I don't know if Ryan Day is, then, you know, it's hard to say. But Ohio State should win handedly by at least three touchdowns. Um, We have Duke-Alabama in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Uh, This is where we'll see, of course, Alabama dominate another team because it's a team that is not a team built to compete with Alabama. Like, I, I don't understand... The scheduling for this. This is supposed to be. This is a Chick Fil A kickoff game. This is supposed to be like a, a big time game, between two teams that are at least top twenty five worthy. I don't know if Duke is that. Even with uh, who's the who's the coach that? Anyway, the coach is a guy who coached Eli Manning. So therefore, he's considered to be a good coach. He is a good coach, but to an extent because. Duke has not been – he pulled Duke out of the graveyard, but Duke hasn't been, like, phenomenal. So, I don't I – don't, anyway, Alabama by, by at least five touchdowns. Like, no kidding. It shouldn't be a close game. Uh, Stanford Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern was just in the Big Ten Championship last year. Against Ohio State and Stanford, of course, this year, every year, really, they're considered to be a top 25 team. So this should be a good game. I got I got Stanford in this just off of the fact that they're, you know, not only for the fact that they're ranked because rankings are kind of cliche at this point, but I think they're really going to make noise in the Pat this year, even though they're not you know, pictured as being in the Pac-12 championship, I think that they can do a lot of damage based off of the the coach and how well he's coached over the years and the veterans that they have in their team. I think that, that they're going to make a lot of noise in the uh, Pac-12. So I got Stanford in that one. Uh, Georgia Southern LSU, my school... At LSU, wow, they're only favored 27 and a half points. That's ridiculous. But it is a night game in Death Valley. Georgia Southern is an option team. I don't know how that's going to go against the SEC team. Then again, Citadel did compete with Alabama. But that was a noon game. But then again, Georgia Southern is better than the Citadel. I don't know. But it is in Death Valley, and it is at night. What am I talking about? LSU is going to destroy us, sadly. So, yeah. Um. Then the big game for this night, this is like week one's week zero matchup. Like, how you, you know how you have week zero with Miami, Florida? 
This is week one. It's Miami, Florida. Uh, Oregon, who is number 11 in the country, and Auburn, who is number 16 in the country. This is going to be interesting because this is going to put either of these teams in the playoff or out of the playoff. Seriously. Because we're going to see the fable Justin Herbert for the first time in an actual game where people who are in SEC country can actually see him versus a Auburn team that is going to be banking off of their defense this year because they have a lot of returning vets on the defensive side of the ball, but they're going to have a true freshman starting at quarterback with Bo Nix, who was, you know, four-star quarterback out of Alabama, I believe. Uh, I saw one post where it was saying he ran a 4-6-40 as a freshman coming out of high school. That's pretty dang good. So... It's a lot that's going to be happening in this game. Like I said, this has a lot of ramifications for the season for both of these teams. Like, okay, let's say Auburn wins, right? They have a top 15 win under their belt already. Then they have to still play Bama. I think they still play LSU. And they play Georgia. All top 25 teams for the whole entire season. I don't see any of those teams dropping out of the top 15 even. So if they can manage to win two out of three of those games, I think they're in the playoff, personally. Because Oregon, even though if they lose this game, Oregon's still going to be a top 25 team based off of how the the rankings work. It's Hollywood. Don't ask me. It's Hollywood. But I still see them being a top 25 team, not off of their pure talent alone, but just how Hollywood works. Uh. FYI, if y'all aren't aware, when I say Hollywood, I mean Vegas, but really it's Hollywood. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. But I think that, like I said, if Auburn wins, there'll be a playoff team or borderline playoff team. Let me put it like that. And then let's flip that. If Oregon wins, it's kind of a they beat a top 25 team, right? Top 20 team. But then they still have to play the fabled Utah. Then they have to play USC and uh, – do they play USC? I don't think they play USC. But they may have to play USC in the Pac-12 championship. I think they still have to play Stanford. All And definitely Washington. They have to play Washington. That's one thing. I want to take a sidebar here. My picks – I'm, I'm going to go into this now so I don't have to go into it later. My picks for the uh, conference champions are – SEC, Georgia, ACC, Clemson, uh, Big Ten, hoping Ohio State, but I'm thinking Michigan. In the Pac-12, Washington, it's simple because look at it. Washington has finally gotten a good quarterback in Jacob Eason, something they hadn't had since Jake Browning, Jake, whatever his name is. He, he's been there for like three or four years. He's okay. He's not nearly as good as Jacob Eason. So Washington finally has a good quarterback. They have a good running back. They have good receivers. They have a phenomenal defense. These are the makings of a good team, a top five team, a team that can win their conference, especially the Pac-12. Oh, I didn't mention the Big 12. Uh, Big 12, probably Oklahoma. Texas is not going to win it. Texas has too much hype. Texas only beat us, a.k.a. Georgia, 
because we weren't motivated. And I seriously mean that. I'm not saying that because of the memes. Georgia did not want to play in the Sugar Bowl last year. You saw it. Texas, this was their biggest game in almost a decade. You saw that for real, for real. So I'm tired of hearing about this whole Texas narrative and them winning. No. Momentum can only carry you so far in college football, and that momentum is going to get shut down when they play Oklahoma. Or even before that. Anyway, that's what I was talking about. Washington really is like a top five team from what I what I think. I think they can I think they're better than Oregon, Utah for sure, USC for sure, UCLA, Arizona State, Arizona, who whoever you name in the Pac twelve, they're better than this year. So I think that they can win the Pac twelve. That's just me. But anyway, back to Oregon Auburn. Uh if I had to pick, I say Auburn. I think Auburn's defense is going to be trying to prove a point by, you know, saying, hey, Oregon may have a prolific offense, but we're not no slashes on defense. We we SEC boys. This is what we do. We know for our defense. We're going to get the job done. I'm not saying that the game isn't going to be, like, close because it may be, but I don't think Justin Herbert is going to be dicing and cutting up Auburn's defense like he would a Pac-12 defense, which he doesn't. He doesn't do that on a consistent basis either. So how is he expected to do that against the SEC defense or even a good defense in general? God, I, as you can see, I really just don't understand the Justin Herbert hype. I don't understand the Utah hype. It's a lot of hype this season. I just don't get it. The only hype I really do get is the Texas hype. But even then, it's like, come on. Be realistic. It's college football. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I got uh, I got Auburn in this game. I like what Vegas picked, aka Hollywood. They picked three and a half. I say it may be a touchdown. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless me. So I like that, but it may be. Closer to a touchdown with like two field goals. So Auburn by two field goals. All right. Uh oh. Look at me. Forgetting another big game. <laughs> uh Oklahoma Houston. Oklahoma is favored by big points in this for good reason. Jalen Hurts is a uh he's a good quarterback. I give him that. Uh, he fit. I think he'll fit into this offense very well, based off of his mobility and his ability to, I think, throw the ball now, which is 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 higher than what it was prior to when you know his first few years in Alabama. So I think he'll be able to run this offense to a T. Uh, so, but on the other side with Houston, they have Ward who is supposed to be a Heisman hopeful. So it's going to be interesting to see if Oklahoma can deal with all the hype and if War can deal with all the hype. Like, can he deliver uh upset against a number four Oklahoma team or can Oklahoma avoid the upset against a unranked Houston team? It's going to be interesting to see. Personally, I think Oklahoma avoids the upset. They'll win by at least three touchdowns. Uh... Then Monday, we have Notre Dame-Louisville. 
I hope Notre Dame wins, so that way the Georgia-Notre Dame game is really, really big. Like, oh my gosh, big. But I think it'll be closer than what most people think, even though Louisville's in a rebuilding mode with a new coach and, you know, a lot of new moving pieces and stuff like that. But I think it'll be closer. Uh, I'd say maybe Notre Dame by two touchdowns, which is feasible. Because they're not a super prolific offense. So it's like, it's only so much that you can do when you're not, you know. So I think two touchdowns, Notre Dame, but let's see. We'll wait and see. But um, other than that, I just want to say thank you to everyone who listened to last season's podcast. Uh, thank you for the feedback that you all gave. It really helped me. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope that everyone who listened last year listens this year. I hope new people come to listen. And I just want to say, again, thank you. And God bless.